the Lana Experience. This is episode six. Today we have a special guest, Emily Lewis. Welcome to the podcast. How are you feeling? Yeah, that is great to be on here. I'm really excited for today's show. Yes. Before I get into Emily's introduction, I just wanted to say that the Lonely Experience is the podcast where entrepreneurs and digital marketers can relate to. And we're all about learning, optimizing, being resilient, nurturing our concepts and accepting where we are. And uh, we are now on Deezer, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube, which is really exciting. So please follow us there. We actually have a lot of USA um, listeners. So shout out to all of you guys and and ladies, of course. <laughs> um, and we, um, I do ask you, please, can you please follow us? It would really, really help the podcast. Um, and especially on YouTube, if you can subscribe, all show notes will be allocated on my website, which is lornamedia.com. Um, I am your host, Tasha. I'm the founder of Lorna Media. And yeah, today, like I said, we have a special guest, Emily. Emily is just incredible. I've already had a pre-conversation with her and I'm just so excited to have another guest on the show. She's the founder of Twofold um, and she's an experienced digital marketer as well. Um, today's theme is going to be all about freelancing. Okay, Emily have Emily has a lot to say about freelancing. <laughs> but do you want to quickly introduce yourself and or like your background a little bit and what you yeah. do? So, um, like Tasha mentioned, my name is Emily. I'm the founder of Twofold, so, and I'm a website designer. So I work primarily with service-based businesses. I have a marketing background, uh, did advertising as well at uni uh, before going into a freelance career, unexpectedly going into a freelance career, may I add, and then just like a completely non-linear career journey since, really. And uh, yeah, I think that's like some of the stuff I think that we're going to talk about today. Uh, now I own Twofold. Um, which is we build primarily Squarespace websites. Emily's been kind enough to do not just this episode, but the next episode too. So we're going to go to ensure that you're subscribed because the next episode, we're going to learn all about Twofold and how she got into it. But because Emily's story is so awesome, and I feel like, as I said, this podcast is what you can relate to. And her experience in freelancer life has really, honestly, I, I personally can relate, but also if anybody is in Emily's situation, this is the podcast episode to listen to. And if you're thinking about freelancer life, this is the episode. However, before we get into the episode, I like to do a little fun intro tradition. And it's all about celebrating us, of course, because we work so hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um... This is Global Entrepreneurship Week. We actually on the Thursday of uh, this. What 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 date are we on? The fifteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth. I have no idea. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just every day is a bit chaotic this week. To be fair, so for Global Entrepreneurship Week, firstly, congratulations on being an entrepreneur. Uh, so whoop to us. <laughs> so we're going to celebrate us. So what are we proud of? Our success of mm. being an entrepreneur. Do you want to start? Oh, wow. I think, oh, just even, there's a big question because there's so many little things that make you proud. And then 
and having, you know, it's even just simple things where you're having a bad week and you've actually managed to like get out of bed and make an effort this week. Having some resilience is a big win. Um, and then other, like you can have bigger wins at all. Like um, this earlier this year, I was uh, a finalist for the Young Entrepreneur of the Year at the South Wales Business Awards. Yes, congratulations. So, thank you. So um, unfortunately it didn't win, but it was... I. I'm in my first year of business still, officially with Twofold, and so it, that was a massive achievement. But yeah, on weeks where it is, you're feeling really low, which can happen, the small wins make a big difference as well. Oh my goodness. So, so true. So true. Uh, congratulations. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I can relate. Uh, resilience. Mm-hmm. Like, I never gave up. Yeah. I think I'm celebrating that this week, is like not giving up, following my gut, keep persevering. I'm... I'm pivoting at a really important part of my career right mm. now where key partners are, like I'm building really good key partners and relationships. Mm. So I'm celebrating my broader network now and it's more focused but broader, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's like expanding more narrowly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I also, so next week I'm going to be, uh, I've been invited back for the five to nine club so I'm a I'm an alumni of that and they asked me to speak as a role model which is which is one of my bucket lists this is what I do what I do is I want to be a role model so uh for big idea wells collaboration with Welsh government so that's like for me that's a pretty awesome win and to just give back to the community which is great You see, this is fun. Uh, I was just talking to Emily just prior off camera and I was just saying of my, my meltdown of the week and it says celebrating your week's success and I was like, let's let's not go there. <laughs> Global Entrepreneurship Week. Let's let's celebrate surviving. Okay. Um and then I have a second question. Mm-hmm. Uh describe your non negotiable non-negotiable values. What mm. what's your most important values? For me, I've got like a few. Um, I listed them all out before because I think they're all really important. Um, so one of the things that's really important for me is to keep it simple. Have you ever heard of the thing, kiss? Keep it simple, stupid. I love that. Um, and that is kind of like how I approach a lot of things, whether I'm teaching other people or talking to customers or um even how like I drive an automatic, not a manual, because I'm like, just keep it simple. I want to get from A to B as easy as possible. Um, and then also uh, transparency is a big, big thing. I want to be upfront with people and having great customer service is, is incredibly important, important as well. So with respect. 100%. 100%. You know. As, as silly as like that is a value in terms of that it has to be said, but that is a main a main thing. Yeah, um, my no, non-negotiables is trust. Mm. Trust that I'm going to be doing. Like if you've come to me to do something, uh, trust that I can do it. Yeah. Otherwise, why did you ask me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just that's just it. I uh, trust is a big thing. Integrity. So again, yes. how you how you treat people is important. How you treat me, how you communicate with me, um, and just just being a nice person. I think those are my mm. non negotiables. If if I can trust you and you have great integrity, I think we're going to get along. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Regardless, business or not business, that's that's my 
non-negotiables. Yeah. Okay. So as I said, thank you so much for those questions, Emily. <laughs> um, this podcast topic is all about freelancing. Okay. And usually when you get in entrepreneurship life, you do start off as a freelancer um, and you kind of realize soon enough that, oh, maybe this is not for me. And some people stay in freelancer life, especially as creative entrepreneurs in the creative industry. Um, I read a report that 32% actually stay in freelancer world which for me it may question me to think why is are people too scared to develop a business or is the fact that actually this is where the safety net is really should i talk about my background my story how i came into yeah freelance yeah, yeah yeah i so, think that's great um yeah so like i mentioned at the beginning it was unintentionally came about so i was about to sort of I was in my third year of uni and at that point you sort of you get given a few different paths as options you know if you want to continue in that kind of career and I was studying advertising design at USW which is where we are in the studio (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so yeah full circle moment completely Uh, but I so you're getting given a couple of paths and one of them is you know doing the standard joining an agency or a company and working your way up and that was the way that I was I was thinking of going about um the other way is freelance or starting your own business and I was never really interested in doing that I just anything that was kind of talked about about that I kind of like switched off a little bit because it was like yeah and that's not going to be my path I want to want to graduate I want to get into a into a company I want to stay there I want to grow and I don't know become art director or CEO or whatever whatever it might be I wanted a you know big ambitions (laughs) and uh, that's just not reality no (laughs) funny enough (laughs) um and it started off really well to begin with in terms of I managed to get a small job as a digital marketer at a small boutique in Cardiff uh, where I worked alongside the owner it was a clothing store but I got to manage so much of it and I hadn't I had gotten this job just before I graduated university so um it, it was great it was like right I'm finishing university I'm, I'm being a digital marketer so I was running uh, the online store and helping you know add products to it manage that doing the design of it doing the designs of the email marketing mm-hmm. facebook social media all of that kind of thing and we, we did events as well it was great i had an amazing time it, it was me and the owner we got along really well and i would also work in the store as well so i got to talk to customers but also help them out so i was like part staff assistant part you know not staff assistant, customer assistant part marketer and and that was great um and unfortunately uh I think I was about I was there about a year and you know life happens and unfortunately the company had to be shut it was shut down uh, I think it went bankrupt um and it was like crap what do I do now like yeah. um so as you know LinkedIn is amazing and so I went on there, put out some, you know, messaged a few people and was like, does anyone have any ideas on, you know, I'd like to go into be continue being a digital marketer. Um, does anyone have any jobs or know anyone that 
could hire me or whatever it might be. And this person responded back and said, yes, I know someone, let me put you in touch with them, that he's starting up this design agency. He used to work at another design agency as I think creative director or whatever, you know, one of those big flashy titles, um, decided to make his own own design studio and he's looking to hire people. Uh, I'll put you in touch. So I met up with the this person and we from our initial conversations it sounded like he was gonna employ me mm. but it ended up he ended up saying to me oh why don't you you know I can't I can't afford to employ you at the moment why don't you come in as a freelancer and I was like I guess this is my one of, one of my options right now or I, at the time it felt like one of my only options yeah. and, and so I decided to take it and that is kind of how I unintentionally started in in the freelance world um I was there working for like with this company for I think about 10 months something like that yeah. um so yeah. before before we carry on your story mm. obviously I know where it's good hitting but yeah. um the so what was your understanding of a freelancer at that point yeah would you say it was sort of like you ran your own business but you could also hop into other businesses if yes. that makes sense so uh you know you you take on your own projects your own clients uh you'd manage your own business expenses uh, your you know your accounting and that kind of thing but sometimes you would work in-house agency or a company so you'd go and visit them and that that would be your client but you're also like kind of like an employee but not um (laughs) the legal aspects it's better for them for you to be a freelancer because they don't have to worry about tax and uh, you have to worry about your own tax as a freelancer being self-employed and they get the benefits of having you work with them um but i also that's also kind Mm. of my my understanding i have more freedom yeah my definition is I have more freedom yeah. as a freelancer where, yes, I, you, I'm contracted to work so many hours with you, mm. but I can work, like, obviously, depending on our agreement, I yeah. have more freedom to take on more other jobs and work wherever and however. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, sometimes that's a great area. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, this leads into the next question of how mm. did you get into freelancing? So basically, do you want to continue that story? So 10 yeah. months later, yeah. where are we? Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> so like I said, I was unintentionally decided, right, I'm going to do this freelancing um, shtick. And it was, it was interesting. Now, this is the thing that people need to realise, especially if you are going into freelancing, yeah. is the difference between a freelancer and an employee. Yes. And what's expected of you and how it's very different. Um and if you are just graduating or you're very new into it, yes, you have to be very wary because unfortunately as a twenty two year old naive person at the time, mm-hmm. um I ended up being treated like an employee by this this company and I was expected to be there from like a certain time you know I think it was like 10 till 5 every single day um and you know on the I didn't take any holidays off as well during that time and in fact he went away the um business owner went away 
to I think it was France or something for a couple of weeks and I had the keys to the office and I was I was expected to be in there which when when you're in a situation like that you don't you can't see the wood through the trees sometimes no and you're young and you're Exactly, you're young, you're naive. You think Free, that this first is normal. freelancer job, yeah. exciting, and you think that this is normal until someone tells you this is not normal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember my mum telling me at the time she was like, "This isn't right. This isn't right. I'm pretty sure this is wrong." Yeah. Um, but you know what you're like, you know, your mum, you know, your parents telling you, "Oh, you know, this isn't it," and you're like. You don't understand this industry, you know uh, that kind of thing. But it, you no, know, we know best, of course. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we know best. We don't. Actually. I thought it was normal, and so um, yeah, it was. It was not great, and in the end, I ended up, you know, putting down the keys and sort of saying, "You're going to have to find someone else. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to invoice you." for the rest of it because this was the other thing about that freelancing um thing as well he only wanted to despite me having to be there in the office he was expecting me to be there from 10 till 5 every single day and catch the train and luckily he did used to pay for my travel but um he only wanted to for me to invoice him on the hours I worked so if I was there from 10 till 5 and I only worked there was a project that only needed or a task that only needed to be done and it would take two three hours that's all I was going to get paid for that day no you see this is like if you if you're ever in a situation like Emily this is like super red flag straight away Mm. I want to ask you did you get a contract before you started and that was the biggest mistake right 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 okay so this is important here and it's do you know what's so funny Mm. I I can I've done this before where I've worked without a contract because we trust people. Mm-hmm. Business, don't trust people. You trust people when they sign a contract and then you know you can trust them yes. <laughs> because they're bound to a contract. So make sure if you're going to Freelance Alive, your terms and conditions is stipulated in the beginning because obviously with this, we're using, sorry that you went through this, but <laughs> Emily is how not to do it, okay? Yes. Emily 22 is the case study for you right now. So definitely like, what would you say now you would do different about the situation before we go into this? So, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one in terms of what I would do. Get a contract. And also be firm with your boundaries as well. So if someone is expecting you in at a certain time or whatever it might be, whether it's contacting you out of hours, anything... Uh, you need to have a conversation with that person. And don't be afraid to have that conversation. It's really difficult. It's so difficult. Oh, my gosh. It's so difficult, even now. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm, even now. Yeah. I'm a lot older and a lot a lot more wiser than I was when I was 22 because I learned from my mistakes. But you need to know that there is boundaries. You do. Like, what's the worst they can say is no, but then you save yourself a headache. Yeah. And we're going to get into the headache that Emily's experienced. You don't mind sharing yeah. that story, no, do you? No. Okay. So you put down the keys. What happened next? He, at the time, he sort of like said, oh, you know, um, he seemed okay with it. He asked me why I was leaving. And that was my opportunity to say, well, this is what's happened. You treat me like an employee. I'm supposed to be here, et cetera, et cetera. I'd also hadn't really been paid at this point either. 
um, ten months. Ten months. Yeah, ten months not getting paid is is crazy. Um, like I said, I was living at home at the time, so it like wasn't the worst thing. But actually, looking back on it, that was terrible. Yeah, and partly that was my fault. Being a freelancer, I needed to invoice him, but I didn't. I needed to set up things first uh, business-wise in order to invoice and it was like a mixture it was partly my responsibility you know it was my responsibility but also they weren't offering as well it was very it was very grayish area there yeah because obviously a lot of people will go say like the first thing that comes to mind some will go but like yeah but come on 10 months Mm. but bear in mind everyone whoever's thinking that she is only 22 this is her first gig ever when you don't know what the normal is like the 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 unscripted contract is as soon as you've completed the work, you should be invoicing. So every day mm. or every week should have been an invoice technically, right? Yeah. But even now, like it's 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 like after 10 months, it's like obviously if someone is promising you and you're getting the work experience and you're thinking, oh, okay, well, after 10 months, I get like this massive like paycheck. So yeah, after that, um, so 10 months came along, I sent in my invoice. Finally, 10 months worth of work, put in my invoice. And I was happy to agree at the time with the term of, you know, getting only getting paid for the work that was done, the hours that was done. So, like I said, even if being there from 10 till 5, and I was keeping a record of all of the hours that I had I'd yes. written, um, that I did. And so I was happy to agree with that. So I put that down on the contract, how many hours I'd worked on, and broke down each project and sent in the invoice. And the invoice amount was only £4,000, something like this. Right. Now, this isn't that long ago. I made, I know that I'm saying, like, a long time ago, but we, you know, £4,000 is not a lot. No, no. Nowhere near. For 10 months. For 10 months worth of Exactly. Work is massively underpaid. And even... Like 200 quid or something. Yeah, so even at my rate of, I think at the time I was charging... Twenty pound an hour, and I'm ear quoting that. Yeah. Despite being there like all the time, it was it worked out obviously a lot less than minimum wage for full time. And you'll never guess what. Yeah. What? He didn't want to pay it. Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> of course, it was a nightmare. Oh my gosh! And how did you? So how did you, like? How did you resolve this? What what was going through your head? Yeah, so there was a lot of back and forth mm. on email. There was a lot of like a lot of stuff we had agreed in person in in a, on email. Yeah, which I thought, okay, I haven't got a contract, but I've got written proof here that he said this, I've said this, this is what we've agreed about, that kind of thing. But he said like didn't want to pay that amount, um, which was crazy. No, and it's like I was just actually thinking whilst you were talking. I'm thinking like, if there's any like if there's people that's out there listening to this podcast who is a business owner and you're thinking of getting freelancers, please do your due diligence as well. Like, help educate freelancers too, and have a system in place. Like, I think it's 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 both responsibility. Like, it's it's an equal give and take here. 
you know, we, you know, freelancers are giving you the break here where like basically pay all the tax and all these, well, they get to take care of their own tax and like, uh, yeah, so just do your due diligence basically. Okay, so what, so now you're not getting paid £4,000. Did yeah. he pay you some of it though? He paid me some of it. Um, I think it was, I think he paid half, so maybe like 2000 something like that and then was like, I'm not going to pay you the rest. Yeah. And so at this point, I am so, I ended up putting in a, taking him to the small claims court. Yeah. Which, I think I was at 20, what? Like this went on for a while, this back and forth, you know, and I think I might have been about twenty four now at this point. Yeah. We Wow, that's a while. Yeah, so it like went on for like a long like quite a while, like a lot of back and forth, a lot of you know, and obviously the time that I was there as well. So yeah. I was like, I'm going what have, what have I got to lose? Um it was five hundred pounds at the time to take him to a small claims court, which if you're only gonna get back maybe two grand, that's £1,500 difference there mm. um, but it was also more about the principle exactly I agree yeah I, I, I 100% agree with what you did yeah I, I that was the thing I, I wanted to show him that I wasn't going to back down that I deserved this money because I'd worked for this money in fact I should have put in, in an invoice for about at least 10, 10 15 grand at that time the fact that I only put in an invoice for 4000 was he was cutting it back exactly i was cutting the deal to begin with oh my goodness so um yeah and it was it was so how was the experience for you like obviously a 24 Mm. small claims court that's a big deal yeah it was now you're now you're growing up (laughs) (laughs) yes a little bit like that (laughs) you know exactly it was it was scary um and it was shameful as well. I actually, I felt a lot of shame around it. And it's only taken in the last maybe two years that I'm actually now voicing my story and what happened at the beginning of my career. Um, because at the time it was still quite fresh, but also I was fearful of like people finding out who this person was and or, or him coming out and you know saying oh slander and that kind of thing so I've never mentioned who it is the name the business or anything like that but I am telling it you know my story my perspective um you have the right to yeah and I think as well you have I think as well this is your first so if we have to just put um ourselves in Emily's shoes here this is her first her first freelancer gig okay and her brand reputation, like if word of mouth got out that, oh, don't employ Emily because she's going to take it to small claims court if you don't even like look left or right, you know, like you don't want that on your shoulders. Yeah. It's too much stress. So I could totally, I could totally understand. And I empathize so much. And I'm just so sorry that that happened to you. Mm. But at least now your story and you speaking your truth right now can really help people like um, upcoming freelancers that, that you d- someone doesn't have to get in that same situation as you did. Yeah, you know that's 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 the benefit of it. Unfortunately, yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Coming back to this moment mm. of your your shamefulness, um, why as well? Like, do you want to expand? Why did you feel shameful? I don't know. I think it was that, like you mentioned, that 
reputation as well I was very new in the industry still and I didn't want to be like blacklisted from it you know I didn't want to have this because it was it was very stressful and very upsetting and you know I'm this yeah 23 24 year old person going up against this bloke who's I don't know in his 40s or 50s Mm. and you know typical businessman and I'm just like felt so small in comparison yeah but you showed up yeah regardless of how how you might have felt during Mm. that experience you showed up and you showed him yeah what was the what was the agreement at the end so don't mind me asking yeah yeah (laughs) i'm curious eh? everybody wants to know so we went uh we both turned up in court and which I thought was I I didn't know that he was going to turn up at all. To yeah, be it, it, I was very surprised, uh, but he did. And the judge kind of I printed. Bearing in mind, I had printed out every single email correspondence that we had had. It was like a booklet, like it was like a hundred page document of just emails and emails. Um, my what I'd invested in, all of that kind of information for the the courts to sort of judge. And despite having all of that, the judge kind of impl- implied that if I was to take it further, I probably wouldn't have, I, I would probably lose. Yes. Because, probably because I didn't have a contract. Yes. Contract and, would they say negligence as well? Because you didn't take, you, you know, there's I a little bit aspect yeah. of your responsibility too. Sorry. Yeah. Devil's I, advocate, yeah. Yeah, no, that's totally <laughs> fair. Yeah. Um, no, you didn't mention that. It was, But it was a case of, why Why don't you go outside and mediate this right. in our mediation room, have a conversation and come back in here in 10 minutes? Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So that's kind of like what the judge said. So we went outside for 10 minutes. We had no mediation before going into court because... Um, we both just couldn't agree. Yeah. And it was, I thought it was going to be pointless. I thought it was just going to be a screaming match, essentially. And so, but we, we went outside into the mediation room for 10 minutes, um, which is in Newport. Uh, I don't know if it's still the same. It's kind of like this glass room that's got frosted glass window, like frosted glass walls, but it's kind of in the waiting room. So, Got quite heated, I will say that, between us, and um, people could definitely hear in the waiting room, so that was quite unprofessional of me, but again, 24, I think, I think I was at the time, I was just, and it was all built up over years and years of... I would love to be the flower on that wall. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and I was, I think it was more, it wasn't shouted, it was definitely more stern, more like... Very yeah, firm and you know did get a bit you know my voice did rise it wasn't screaming like I'm, I'm making it out to be because I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not that type of person at all um but you, you yeah spoke your truth I did and <laughs> and um so he agreed to half of the amount so it was you know about it was a thousand pounds then that we agreed to so went in for two grand um he said no I'm not paying that I'll give you half of that. And I was like, oh, fine. Okay. I tried I tried to negotiate more, but he wasn't having it. And so it was like, well, I'll just come away with this. So he did end up paying that. Yeah. In a you know, when by the 
deadline that he needed to, which was good. But it was such a massive learning curve. The whole, the whole thing was, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <sighs> wow. What a story, man. <laughs> but at least justice was served. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, justice is served. You've covered your pulse, at least of the small claims. And yeah. Wow. What an intense first experience. So I would say now from that freelancer experience from them till just before twofold did you continue your freelancer life and also what was your experiences thereafter I'm just in your mindset at the moment yeah <laughs> like after small claims and I'm just thinking oh my goodness how do you get back in you know mm. how do you get back into freelancer life yeah so what I I continued with freelancing I think I was a freelancer for about two and a half nearly three years something like that and I worked again in-house for different companies kind of and I had other clients as as well so yeah I I continued with it um which I definitely had made I think my contracts then after that incident and was invoicing properly so I was getting paid properly yeah brilliant (laughs) brilliant that's good so who did you so what what did you who did you in uh, freelance for um there was a few different um, wedding photography companies Mm -hmm. and um photography companies that sort of it was all um the one my main client was this person it was this sort of company that had three companies kind of within it um so they were like a photo boost company and then they also did uh wedding photography and also it was a service for photographers that where they would get their photos edited for them so this person owned three companies and i would do a bit of work in each of those companies so that was quite a nice client to have because it was like three in one um and then i also had other sort of uh, clients as well So again, it was very much in that wedding photography kind of industry. Uh, So this one was a uh, wedding car company. I had one of of them, had a personal stylist as a client, had, yeah, so it was was a range. Right. Yeah. And what would you see your highlights and lowlights from freelancer life that you've learned for yourself? Doing what I enjoy doing. Yeah. Like, I enjoy doing the design work. I enjoy. I, I love doing that, but also I love having full control. Full autonomy is the best. Freedom to pick when you want to work, how you want to work, the process that you want to work, the clients that you get to pick. That's all so many highlights there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so being a business owner compared to being a freelancer, freelancer, you are kind of di- sometimes dictated how much you can charge like how much per hour that kind of thing before companies will go well I'll just hire another freelancer yes now I'm a business owner owning and own twofold where I I decide the price exactly exactly you decide your your worth (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's true though that's actually a very good point low lights of Freelancer, oh right? yeah, t- definitely taking that guy to a small claims court. <laughs> I mean, that was low, but also kind of a high because it was just 
I, st- I stuck to my guns. I was very happy that I, you know, had the guts to do it at the time, yeah. stuck to yeah. my principles, didn't, you know, so that was also, it was equally a high and a low. <laughs> <laughs> and what about, like, what other niggles, you know? Yeah. What other, what other icks? Mm, yeah, just, I mean, other freelancer icks, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, try, just do. making sure that you getting your pipeline filled with clients is just a struggle bus every you know all the time really you're constantly once you've you're doing one project you're thinking ahead in the future like right how many more projects have I got I I don't have any more and it's like where's the money gonna come in and that kind of panic so that's also a very yeah like I also so right now because Mm. I still um, my business is still developing Mm. um and I am still relying on some freelancer work um and it's because I don't want to rush because because I've already been in business before when I failed mm-hmm. I didn't want to like go in again and not do my due diligence and for me because mine my business is set up is very much I'm using a lot of social media as it so that longevity is the key here um and for me I don't want to focus on one income I want to follow many income multiple income streams so therefore I need time (laughs) but at the same time what's really great is that I'm refining myself as within my business like my business is refining which is fantastic and I'm doing a lot of like digital consultancies which is fantastic but there's a lot of people approaching me with freelancer Mm -hmm. life and I'm not saying no (laughs) because I need like I've got some personal goals and I need the money okay but also that money can reinvest into my business so that's why I'm like no no no, I'll take you I'll take you I'll take you right now I'm thinking about okay I'm gonna get paid in March Mm. March April is the last invoice coming through so now I'm like right I need to grind I need to grind I need to grind for future Tash yeah okay that's that's something that you learn very quickly and it comes to our next point about cash flow like for me i i have a four five month contract of invoices coming in per month at a set rate which is great but they only last per quarter Mm. so every four months they review it they see okay cool are you good enough are you still relevant is there still a budget for you and then it gets renewed and then i'm like okay cool i can breathe again for four months but Things happen in freelancer world you will not believe. And then all of a sudden, you're two months, no income. Yeah. Because of invoicing. I've been in that situation. (sighs) Invoices and cash flow, hun. Let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) Deep breath, everyone. So this is the juicy bit that everyone really wants to know as well. Because as a business owner, you love to hear like, money about money from other business owners as well um it doesn't get talked about um, enough no either because i want to know the struggles that other people are going through or or the the highs and the wins and to celebrate with them as well uh which doesn't you know if people aren't having those conversations it's good to learn from and to know that you're not alone and you don't feel like a failure either. 100%, 100%. That's why, honestly, when we first broke, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm so glad. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Emily, but it's so good. It's so good to feel relatable. <laughs> I think I'm the only one going crazy here, but it's nice to know. 
No, we're all going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Okay, so tell me about like the type of invoices that you've had and little projects that you've experienced mm. in terms of like the contracts and like things like that. Yeah, so um at the very beginning of my business I was I knew that I needed to get like a few cheap projects in because I didn't have a new portfolio. So I lowered my what I was gonna eventually start charging. So I think a lot of it was around that eight hundred pounds mark to even though I had prior experience and prior work experience doing certain design works, because it had been a while, a lot of the projects were outdated yes. or they were worked under another company. So I couldn't include that in my portfolio. Yes. So I needed something more up to date. So to get, I'm a website designer. So in order to sell my services, obviously you need a portfolio because you need to prove, you know, what you're capable of. And um, so I needed yeah, a few a few clients in, so I low, had a lower rate uh, and did a few kind of mates rates kind of discounts as well to get those initial ones in. And then I upped, increased the price to, I start now from 1,200 for a one-page website. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is added on. Yeah. So instead of doing what normal website designers do, which I say normal, like lots of other website designers will do, they will say, you get a package and it has four to seven pages included for this price. I don't work like that. I work with, here's the base price, and this is what it'll include. So things like SEO, copywriting, the design, everything like that. Mm -hmm. And then, Everything else is like added on. Yes. Um, depending on what you need exactly. after having a conversation with that person, what their budget is, because sometimes they might only be able to afford a one page website at the moment. And that's fine because especially if you are just starting out in yeah. business. Um and you can have that option of adding those pages on later. So I charge one hundred and twenty pounds, I think, per page afterwards. Yes. Uh, so it's kind of like really customizable. I've got this calculator thing on my website, which visualizes, and and we'll show you exactly upfront how much how much something is going to cost. So everything is tailored to them, but it's priced up kind of beforehand. And what I do is I charge fifty percent upfront, yes, and fifty percent after once the work is completed in like the four weeks after. Brilliant. Um, and how much time yeah. does it take you to to complete a project? Yeah, around Obviously, it's yeah, completely different around project. Three to four weeks, roughly. Um, how many days are you working? Are you working five days a week? No. Four days a week. Um, well, I work not on that project, so that's the other thing. I, my week is kind of split up between a mixture of working for my business and working on my business. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. It's, yeah, uh, it might be two, three days working on the project and then two, three days working, you know, doing social media, going to network events, going on podcasts, <laughs> talking to people, networking, all of that. So working for my business. Yeah, so I, 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 so a few things here that I want to share. Like in the last year, I have taken on a few projects um, obviously, freelancer. Just, it's just. I, I always say I dated the, my career this first year. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I just came out of uni and I, I, I didn't want to be in a job. I wanted to work for myself, and freelancer was a way for me to not be 
uh, working for Copa client to have the freedom, like Emily said about that control. Um, and I got a few gigs that some of it was like what I want to do. I attracted my clients and because of my lack of brand communication, I attracted some other things because people were like, oh, marketing, Tasha, social media, Tasha. And it's like, okay, cool, but that's not really what I want. <laughs> but let's just try it anyway. Um, so I worked on, uh, my consultant rate is 50 pounds an hour. And my, so when it comes to social media stuff, depending on the project and the budget, I would say my freelancer rate is between 35 to 50 pounds an hour. Um, if it's anything doing my consultant, so meaning my knowledge, my skill is 50 pounds and no less. If it's like for three months, like if you have a three month contract with me, you get like a 10% off. Yeah. So so it, it's again talk about cash flow you mm. guarantee a set of income per month so I was like right I'm kind of trying that out at the moment which I'm happy with and it also keeps me like three months is a good safe bet because you get to date your client too mm. and you can see if whether you want to continue that client or not so that's what I like about that I would be very apprehensive to roll into actually a year contract mm. as if you're, if, the, if this is the first time we're working together, I wouldn't, I would say no, I would have, um, a, a, like a three month contract and then a 30 day break clause or something. Like I heard, um, Kevin Mansell actually talk about this 30 day, like whatever contract you have, but you have 30, the, like 30 days to actually back out either party, which I like. So you get to date each other. So no one's contracted into doing something that you don't want to do, um, which is important. I think yeah. in when you need to know whether your relationship's working or not. And actually in for a long time life, it's okay if it doesn't work out. Just know that it's okay to release a client because you rather attract a client that makes you enjoy what like your health and your well-being and your stress comes first. Then in terms of time management. Mm. Freelancer life, I, I I learned very quickly this last few, like this year has been such a great growth year for me in terms of business life. So time management. If you're contracted to do a certain amount of time, you need to stick to that. So you need to have your due diligence of being able to manage that time. But also, like I said, I am trying to build my business. So if I've got, like I start, I, I started to go like, right, this client is every Tuesday this client is every Wednesday and in between it's like, okay, this is my business day. This is my podcasting day. And then I need to also go out and meet and network with everybody. So it's like, you know, people, uh, people make fun of me because I stay in the studio till like two o'clock in the morning and they're like, Oh, Tasha, basically like what, what time did you stay up tonight? And it's because of this is because I am doing too much, <laughs> but no, I'm not, I'm living my best life right now. But at the same time, I'm still like this week, Global Entrepreneurship Week, you know, there was two workshops I needed mm. to attend for business growth, yeah. which means guess what? Like, and also Global Entrepreneurship Week speaks my freelancer life needed more like the double hours this week, which means my business and everything else got pushed aside because I needed to grow. Mm. So that time management is so important. So how do you manage your cash flow? At the moment, so what I use is a software called Dubsado, uh, which is really cool. I've, um, 
really enjoy with, uh, using it. And what that does is it's a CRM. It's a project. How much do you pay for that? If you don't mind me it's, asking. It's uh, $40 a month, I think. Mm-hmm. So it works out. I think it's something like £33 a month it works out to be. What does it do? And so it's... um. You you can invoice clients on there as well, but also it's that it's like a project manager, an invoice software, and a CRM all in one, and it's fantastic for organising your clients and your emails and your time, and it has a client portal as well. So if you ever have clients that need to upload stuff, they have this on this portal that's custom to them, Mm -hmm. and they can upload stuff. So it, it that's also kind of handy I, I haven't really dabbled too much in that area but yeah it's, it's really great so what happens is I've got forms embedded on my website that are inquiry forms so when someone fills that out it goes straight into Dubsado and I can schedule uh, you know send them an or I could send them an automated email response from Dubsado which comes from my e- it looks like it comes from my email address which mm-hmm. it does but it's done third party through it um i haven't set automations up with it yet because i've just not needed to yeah but it's so if you are you know getting a lot of inquiries in like that is one way of of using it it has all of the emails in there as well your correspondence back and forth Mm -hmm. you have your notes and doing that saves so much time so much time so i'm gonna give the i'm gonna give another version to emily so those Mm. who don't have the budget for 40 pounds a month like myself (laughs) because i decide to pay off my debts first (laughs) (laughs) it's honestly it's like I, i all of these platforms i want to invest in but for me at the moment because i'm recovering post covid i i'm literally like every penny counts but think about this time yeah this is the different case studies here. So I spent six hours on Saturday doing uh, invoice forecasting. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I know this sounds crazy, but business is doing good, really good at it mm. for me at the moment. Yeah. So my my income has increased a lot. Yeah. And that means tax is coming. Yeah. Right. So I wanted to make sure that I stick to a budget to be able to go, okay, cool, what tax do I need to pay? Because I also don't have an accountant. I'm only sole trader at the moment. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that as well. So I, I don't have an accountant yet, okay? And the reason is because my income isn't a lot for me. Like, it isn't at that stage yet, in my personal opinion, to pay £200 um, a month or £200 a time for accountant, whatever the price is at the moment. So I am like, everything is manual. And like, I then do budget budgeting for my lifestyle because I'm learning how to be an adult as well. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I've got my budget and I'm like, right, okay, cool. This is set out. This is set out. This is set out. But that took me freaking three hours. And I was like, the reason why, I mean, not three, six hours, because I wanted to forecast in three years' time, though, how cool is this? Yeah. Three years' time, I'll be debt-free. <laughs> nice. I'll have savings for my deposit for my house. And also, uh, like, yeah, that's why, like, I needed to know yeah. my benchmark of what my, my income needs to be so that yeah. I know how to plan for the future of how much work and to manage my cash flow, how much, okay, cool, mm. I don't have any leads coming in. Quickly, go, 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 go. So that, that's, that's the reason yeah. why. But that's time. Look at that six yeah. hours of my time on my day off. And time is money. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. 
So 40 pounds yeah. a month, actually, well, not even 40, 33 pounds 33 a month is pounds. actually an investment. Yeah. More than anything that is from the, this conversation, really. That's the most expensive soft, like thing that I pay out to for yeah. my business. And I, I don't have a lot of outgoings for the business because of the nature of it. Um, but yeah, that is one that I have definitely found saves so much time and it keeps a record of everything um which then means i can spend time working on other projects and also i mean i'm not gonna lie but i love a good excel spreadsheet oh, yes, me too. google sorry google sheets i use google <laughs> yeah, sheets me too. Now. yeah me too i'm I, on microsoft excel i, I mean not it. excel but google sheets all the way <laughs> yeah i've got like my whole business is is like organized in Google Sheets. Me too. I love it. Cash flow setup, a goal. Yeah. Everything that you just mentioned, it's it's all in there. And yeah, it'll be interesting. Because again, I'm in like the first year of business. I'm treating this year like an experiment. Yes. In that when I first started up the business this year, I was going to run under my trade, like my, my name, Emily Lewis. And then I pivoted, changed it to twofold and pivoted it to being from uh from just like websites for everyone to being just service-based businesses mm-hmm. and they changed the design of it and it's just that whole like trying lots of different things seeing how it goes and you know finding out again like that's one area of the experiment but also finding out which months are going to be better months yes. which ones are going to be the months that hardly bring in anything yes like I've discovered, was it August and September? Kids are in school. Uh, kids are off school. So that means, like, I a lot of the businesses that I work with, their teams are out of office quite a lot of the time, which means that they don't want to take on projects because they're ma- managing childcare. So those months are a little bit sketchy, uh, for example. And I know that now for next year. Yeah. So it means I can plan much better my cash flow for next year. Yes, exactly this. Yeah, my, my busy season is end of the year, mm. like now. Right. And also to solidify contracts. for new, like So I have realized, like, all partners, if I want to make new partners and develop relationships for next year, mm. get in now before Christmas hits because the budgets are being signed off. Um, mm. Like, everybody's prepping for next year. Mm. Like, I've, I've now been on this creative business roadshow, which is pretty cool for next year, so... Uh, they're being marketed for like drop-in surgeries and stuff so people can just drop in have a conversation with me it's really important for my business mm. because I get to go out and talk to people yeah. and my brand reputation and being out there so all these little things add up to business honestly even like Emily coming on the podcast stuff, you just never know where a lead's going to be so your touch points need to be like everywhere in that point um, okay, cool. So thank you so much for sharing about your being so open about that, uh, your cash flow. It's it's such a taboo subject because no one wants to talk about it. Like, honestly, mm. I've learned so much in this last year, like so much. Like, I've been fully self-employed since only February this year. Like, well, no, not even February. I would say March, beginning of March. And, like, I am on universal credit right. because of... The, the cash flow situation. So if yeah. you're obviously universal credit has this 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 um, contingency if you're self-employed, but it's our overall house income, so it's not eligible for everybody, yeah. which is which sucks to be honest in my opinion because it's like 
we are own individuals but anyway mm. I um I get universal credit um I did it as a backup because in March I was in a tricky situation where I had like even though I was working for my freelancer gig I wasn't getting paid and the first time I got paid was I think May right so I had two months no income and I was luckily universal credit uh you know you go for your interview do all your thing but now again because I was waiting for contracts to be signed so I've learned again mm. I need to I need to develop a contract like one month prior to the deadline yeah. <laughs> it's it's really it's it's like a whole other level uh, but not everybody rolls like that because my I'm with a corporate client which mm. is they do 30 like come on a big corporation there's loads of things happening if you're if you're working independent business to independent business it's a little bit easier because people don't roll on a 30-day invoicing schedule yeah. and you know it's more easier like if me and you had to do a, a contract now just be like boom paid done do the job yeah. you know where for me it's it's I, i'm going through a bigger corporation so I have to wait for the PO number I have to wait for the, well first the contract needs to be agreed yeah then the PO number needs to go and then the invoicing can start and that whole process can take so much time you wouldn't believe so I've learned so much about cash flow managing my own habits yeah um just you just become super savvy with money um, and it's a learning curve. And as much as we can tell you on this podcast exactly our experiences in reality, it's you just you just don't know. Yeah. You just don't know what you are going to mm. be faced with. That's the thing. It's I recently did a, a talk at College Gwent, and it was sort of again about my journey from being a student to being a sole trader. And you know, one of the questions was like, you know, how much do you earn? And I, like, fair play, like that takes guts to ask that question. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to answer it. And I said, sometimes I make thousands in a month. Sometimes I make zero. I make yeah. minus because I've got my expenses going out. So it's all about balance. And, you know, things like sometimes you've got to weigh up those. We want to, sometimes you might want to outsource something in your business to save time. So like I said, with Desposado, I use that for, yeah, and it saves me time, which means I can get another project potentially in. Like, for example, that, um, like I said, my one-page website start from, uh, that are £1,200. Mm. I could probably complete that in about three or four days maximum. Mm. And so if I was spending that time, do you know, um, doing my stuff manually, I wouldn't have that time to, do the project or it would be longer or I wouldn't get paid as quick so 33 quid for me means that I could fit in another project which is 1200 quid so it kind of like it it, it depends on where you want to outsource there's definitely I'm still very new to my you know business is very new to me um and so there's definitely areas I will not outsource because I just cannot afford that no um and but I do get an accountant at the each year uh, to do like a self-assessment um someone I paid is about 120 pound because and I will tell you this one and this is going back to my freelance days right <laughs> just sneaking this in there yes, um yes, yes. I didn't fill out my self-assessment properly the one year actually technically two years uh because I just 
I had some uh, bad advice and didn't fill it out properly. Uh, and the government website is, I'm not going to lie, like it is shocking to use. I'm someone who's very competent with using websites. You know, I'm also not very old. How the, how it is designed is too much. It's too much. Uh, it really overwhelms me. Uh, and also I didn't fill it out properly and I had a fine come through for a thousand pounds and it freaked me out. You know, it's like a thousand pounds is a lot of money at the end of the day. And it was, so I had this, what was the fine about? It was because I didn't fill out the self-assessment properly. What was, what was, what, 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 what did you go wrong? It was something like I filled it out for the wrong year. So it, instead of being like uh, the year previous, okay. it was like the year before that. Also, it, it, it was very weird. Um, I'd gotten someone to help me do it at the same time uh, because I didn't know and they did it wrong so it was my <laughs> my bad kind of thing and they wrote it off thankfully wow. but this is why I I, I do the like 100 quid for you <laughs> brilliant uh, yeah okay cool can you recommend that accounting um so I've used Mazuma um but I've also used it I might be using someone else going forward potentially uh, who is just like a smaller business so want to support smaller businesses yeah awesome perfect uh well so much value hey mm -hmm. i love it okay so let's come back to um the last two questions before we wrap it up uh, what would you say your most valuable um learning experience from freelancing um i would say that you can take into your business actually because you're you've, you've, yeah. ta you've talked a little bit about your business so yeah so that contract like i said the boundaries organizing your time your cash flow outsourcing when you need to as well so identifying your strengths and identifying your weaknesses and where you are struggling get some help whether that's some advice or a course that you go on or whether you YouTube something and, you know, there's so much out there or whether you just hire someone to do it for you so then you can spend time doing what you're actually great at. Um, and it's just like balancing that as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So what advice would you share with aspiring freelancers? It's hmm. a really good question. Uh, do it. <laughs> yeah do it do it um if you can like i mean i was very very lucky that i lived with my parents um i i acknowledge that that is a privileged position to be in as well so like i was able to start off freelance and not get paid and all of this kind of thing because i was living at home which not everyone has that opportunity to do um but if you can you know do it like start slow don't have crazy crazy ambitions and then that sounds last sounds a bit like negative but it's kind of it's managing expectations you know in the first three years of your business three to five years it's gonna be really really tough because that is just how it is most businesses fail within that time and it's acknowledging that yeah. and being real about it as well and so start slow take it easy get another get a job and do this in your spare time if you can you know an hour before work an hour after whatever it might be uh and yeah but just give it a go 
Yeah, I definitely think um, I'm going to add on to what you've said. I, I, I love that idea about like if you have a choice. Yeah. Like I know sometimes we don't have a choice. So these are the two I would say if you have a choice and if you don't have a choice. So if you have a choice, definitely get make sure that if you have your part-time job, then you at least can see if freelance life is yeah. for you. Because So the pros and cons for me is like it was lovely to have a fixed salary coming in and out every month from my job, from being a digital marketing executive. I love the money aspect of it, yeah. <laughs> the stability of the money. And like whether you failed, you felt like you failed that day, you were still making that money. However, I even know now I could walk and get a £50,000 a year salary job, but the micromanaging, the the just the pressure, yes. the limitations for me surpasses the money. So for me, I wholeheartedly, even if my business, for instance, wouldn't like like worst case scenario, my business never is going to happen, right? Yeah, I would still stay in freelancer life because of that freedom of I can refine my skills. Someone's coming to me for my expertise. I get to be this, like, I just be in control and I get to do what I love. And, like, life is too short for you to just not do what you love. And I think there's this weird aspect of the business life at the moment where, Mm -hmm. corporate life, where, yes, we do have this new era coming in where it is developing a really good workspace and, you know, we we love what you do, we trust what you do, we you know, all this good stuff. But that still is developing in in our world we still have this big big aspect of business where your mental wellness is not being taken care of and almost you have to have five different degrees to just do this one job so like it's just expectations versus reality is just too much so if you're thinking about freelancer try it and know that you know, some clients are going to be, not every client is your dream client, but if you're just dating, you have a dating Mm. phase. And later on, you can go, no, 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 this is what I want to attract. This is what the communication I need to do. And this is what I'm going to have. But I I personally, Mm. I am making more money than what I was now when I finished my four days a week job. Yeah. So... Hell yeah! <laughs> you know what? I after that two three two three year bit where I did freelance, I actually went back into employment and gave up freelance for like four four years, something like that, mm-hmm. because of those exact reasons. I kind of felt a bit burnt out, and I wanted that stability of income coming in and so there was no shame I just like was like you know what freelance doesn't work for me anymore I'm gonna stop it and then yeah I was employed for like three four years and so but then that's when I was like you know I'm fed up of working like this now (laughs) again it was sort of that I, I I'm not a control freak as such but I definitely like to manage myself my time how the processes work I'm very efficient and if I'm and I find it frustrating when sometimes companies aren't and and you spend a lot of your time at work so if things aren't working properly it can it it can build up and so 
it was yeah I, I decided you know what I want to do free I want to I want to start my own business again yes. and so yeah it's it's trying something out at that point in your life and it might not be the right point it might be something that you go you know what I'm going to give it up now going to spend a few years employed might come back to it it's just life can change but yes so that is our advice we just do have a few questions mm -hmm. um that i thought we could do before we wrap up emily if that's cool. okay i have no idea how to price myself or my work Ooh, okay so yeah that's really good um a good starting point is obviously to see what other people in your industry the jobs that you were doing are doing so you get like that idea of that competitive kind of price obviously they will be there's people out there for example in website design world there's people who charge 120 like 100 quid for on up work for a website and then there's people who charge hundreds of thousands of pounds and obviously there's going to be a difference in quality as well and what you get out of it so it's kind of finding out where you fit but also how much you're willing to like back yourself as well so at the moment I'm like I said I'm I upped my prices I want to up them I'll be upping them again next year gonna up them again following year um because as well I'll have like that more more experience that more confidence Google reviews more whatever it might be and I will have that portfolio back in to say here's what I'm worth here's yes. here's, here's why I'm worth it and here's what I can do for you and also it's a case of it depends on how you approach things as well free like I said earlier freelancers and like virtual assistants are sort of typically can end up charging that lower rate as well Some, mm -hmm. sometimes um just because it's kind of society's perception of it yeah rather than hiring a business yes um in which case they can charge like you know, um, you know, some a project might cost like ten grand with mm -hmm. by hiring another by hiring a company by hiring a, a freelancer. The project might be budgeted a lot lower. So, if you want to sort of make more money, sometimes it is better to go down that business route and position yourself as a business owner rather than a virtual assistant or a, yeah a a. a, a freelancer sometimes it's that mindset difference as well yes i can i can sway it exactly i, I also operate mm -hmm. under lorna media i don't operate yeah. under tasha cole at all it's, yeah. everything's gone through lorna media since day one i would add so i personally don't think that you should work for less than 25 pound an hour unless you're new in the game mm -hmm. and you're um getting started you want to build your portfolio as, as emily said but think about tax. So if you're going to do £25 an hour and you take tax away, you're basically left with £20, right? So um, minimum wage is about £12 an hour, basically, like it will be eventually next year. <laughs> <laughs> At this rate, it's like £11 now an hour. The Compared to the hourly rate, um, and then obviously you need to think about like, are you going to charge per hour? Are you going to be project based? So this is how mm. I do mine. I have a £50 an hour and then I have a day rate of six hours for £250. So if you had to work six times 50 is 300. So I give people uh, 50, like £50 off if you book for a day. 
and then obviously um if you have me for longer than the project and it's like months you get a dis you get discount because i'm guaranteed income basically mm. so um i'd rather like that's that's just that's just working for me at the moment um and then i've developed packages for my business which you could develop as a freelancer too really i did my market research and i was like right this is what like my one-to-one consultant is going to take a one and a half hours and then we need a follow-up appointment. Then I was like, right, I'm going to build this into packages and this is what they get. Um, yeah. And that that's the, when you know how many hours the project's going to take and then you can do. I know that there's a lot of um, graphic designers, mural artists that I've, I've actually spoken to. And what I would say with this is because drawing and doing things, like it's still time. So, so the drawing, you know, you have that time to like sketch and draw. Like sometimes, like so- someone said about designing a poster. Okay, a poster. Uh, she's like, she said to me, "Oh, it could take me like eight hours to do what they want me to do." So I said to her, "I'm like, why don't you give them three versions? Why don't you give them okay if they if they've only got budget for like a twenty pound pound, uh, like just for argument's sake, twenty pound, fifty pound, hundred pound, right? That's the that's the three levels." You go, okay, you only got £20? Okay, that's th- these are my three prices. This is what a £20 poster is going to look like. This is what a £50 poster looks like. This is what a £100 poster looks like. It's okay to give them different versions because then they'll go, oh, actually, I actually want to pay an extra hundred, like £80 for the £100 poster. So it's like giving people options that if it's always good to understand their budget. So I worked with someone before and I worked with their budget. So I... As a consultant, I gave them books to read, actually, and uh, videos to watch because I was like, actually, you're going to waste your time with me me teaching you that. Why don't we use this £500 budget and work to this? And this is the what uh, this is the value that you can get out of me to optimize your budget. But yeah. I'm not losing my time and they getting the most value out of it. So it really is bespoke in that way. It's like, how long is a piece of string yeah. <laughs> type that of question? But there's just so many different ways. But I really like going in with when you have, like, people got different budgets because obviously Emily's different um, because of her website now. Um, But, like, she's backed herself up by having this is the one page and add-ons, which is really cool because then they can work to that budget. Yeah. How can I get more people to like my freelance page and posts online? Ooh. As you know, I come from a marketing background, so even though I'm doing websites now, obviously I can answer those kind of questions as well. And the fact that I'm a solopreneur, I'm doing pretty much, I'm doing it all myself as well. Yeah. So getting more likes, um, follows that kind of having your posts sort of change depending on the platforms really help as well. So having video content is actually what I want to talk about because that is is massive now. Yeah. With things like TikTok and Instagram Reels and Instagram Stories, there's a lot of push for videos. Uh, And YouTube as well. YouTube is actually the second largest search engine in the world. The second after Google. And YouTube is owned by Google as well. So sometimes you notice... Yes, Emily. (laughs) Speak the truth. Yes. So sometimes (laughs) you notice that if you type something on Google, um, it'll give you options for YouTube in in the search results as well. So... There's a lot of push for for video. Not being afraid to get on video Mm. is also incredibly important. You don't have to do silly dancing. You don't have to do anything like that. 
it's finding what works for you and your business um and that short form content or if you're on youtube longer form content works yeah. really well yeah um if you want to have something longer chuck or chuck it into bite-sized pieces for social mm-hmm. to kind of tease that bigger bigger picture but content a uh, video content is is really great for engagement as well and people can connect more with it i find yeah. than static imagery as well because you feel like you're maybe getting to know that person more you want to follow their journey or you want to know more about them compared to just like static photos you can't get that sense of depth from it linkedin is for me my number one platform with getting followers at the moment to be honest um obviously youtube like I'm, I'm obsessed with youtube that's why i was like all all over it okay <laughs> but obviously to do be an add-on to emily mm. of course so yes youtube but linkedin is a place to showcase your brand story and even if it's your personal brand story if you are a virtual assistant if you're a graphic designer if you are whatever the case might be sharing your personal journey and story like jumping on um so what's really really good for impressions by the way is go to Stephen Bartlett's diary of the still Stephen Bartlett's page and just repost like all of his stuff <laughs> and put and put like a quote of it but uh, honestly I don't do that as a tactic I just do it as a um I actually can relate to a lot of what he shares but I've been watching my impressions lately so that gets a lot of uh, um, engagement for my for my thing and reposting so reposting different posts from different people and uh being able to like it's again social media platform is about that engagement you've you've got to engage in the platform okay each platform you take on and if your clients are on linkedin and you're posting constantly on instagram you're missing an opportunity here you like instagram is cool youtube is cool but like knowing where your audience is like your crystal brand where you want to grow and your clients are so for me the way i post on linkedin is completely different to instagram and on youtube so uh i love sharing my story as me having freelancer what's really worked well with the video on um linkedin is again having um a short form clip of like say this is going to be on there you know (laughs) there's going to be like a moment of this but using that with different types of form of content, not just video, but maybe like writing, like I used LinkedIn as like a little blog post of like my my thoughts or my journey or like a case study of the clients I've had. Mm. I don't really sell on LinkedIn. I talk about my right because it's obviously talking about um, how, how do I get people to like my page basically mm. is the question here. You have to, like people buy into stories and a brand and like an experience. So show them who you are and what you do and like your background and your like people that you've worked with like be, I love a yeah. good BTS story like my friend and co-worker here cooked illustrations Ian shout out to him he's at MIT at the moment and he's he's, he's sketching each speaker because he's like he does illustration nice. and like the way he absorbs information is by sketching he's sketching each like speaker and then he's sharing that post on LinkedIn and I love seeing that because it's it's the behind the scenes of who he is. Mm. You know, we, we're not robots, we're people and it's nice to share that. So definitely like use use each platform and nurture it and test content. Test, 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 test. Um, and then 
Uh, something really cool is when you're out and about, don't give a business card. <laughs> Say, hey, can you, what's your LinkedIn? Hey, what's your Instagram? Hey, what's your, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, depending on who it is, I either give them no. a business card or I'm no. like, like I, or sometimes I'm like, here's my business card, but also, right, what's your name on LinkedIn? Yes, and, yes. You know, let's add each other now. That's that's fantastic. And it's consistency on on. On social media as well because what you don't want to do is you have uh, a piece of content that you know has a great opportunity you know it's a really great piece of content but then after that that greater content or it's not it's, it's not related to what you had originally post someone who comes across that piece of content probably will want to see more of that type of content as yes well. be if consistent you- and be relevant you're right, you're right, you're so right. Um, we can literally spend the whole podcast talking about this question, to be honest. I've just realised, like... <laughs> because we both, we both yeah. are like, we, we know a lot. That's the thing. We've got <laughs> loads of value to share today, okay? So, okay, the last question. Mm-hmm. Can you believe this? another one? <laughs> okay, how can I make more money now I'm freelancing? Up your rates. <laughs> Definitely up your rates. Uh, work smarter, not harder. So... Try to automate things as much as you can. Put in tasks. Um, you know, be, be really efficient in your tasks as well. Yeah. Because then you can spend more time doing the stuff that makes you money. I'll, I'll come with something different mm. as well. Um, so I really had an amazing workshop this week with Neil Cocker. And he said about the million value... It's an MVP. <laughs> Minimum value product. Oh, minimum value. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking like Jordy Shaw MVP <laughs> like Mike Benny Pauly but no 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 um, uh, minimum value product is like now that you're freelancing it's like how can you make like different forms of revenue so it would be like if you can make a digital asset that can be sold maybe for 10 to 20 pounds that other freelancers will have in your kind of like because you, you're freelancing right You've, you've done it, you know what's working, you know what's not, you've got your templates, you've got your systems, you've got your flow. There's always, in business, we've always got different levels of like when you're starting out, when you're like intermediate and then you're like advanced. So the intermediate can always sell to the beginners, the advanced can always sell to intermediates and vice versa, the cycle can continue. So like for me, I would then look at MVPs as minimal viable product. It's like how can you, is there is there a, a uh, a digital asset that you can sell that can bring you some passive income uh whether you put that on your website or put it on like etsy or or blog funnel whatever the case might be but it's like everything that if emily said but then looking at other ways of income streams that doesn't take yeah. necessarily a lot of your your time and money to set up but can bring you extra money so even to ho- doing like uh, a workshop Yep. Or uh, doing a um, like a talk, with, you know, someone have to pay for your time to do a talk, and it's just thinking outside mm-hmm. the box. It's like freelancing; you don't have to really box yourself into it's like yeah. service versus money. There's also other ways to make money, even though, of course, you've got to honor your value, your time, and all that good stuff because it is it's literally a combination of what we've said and more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly that. I for you know. I- with me, I make money from the websites, obviously, designing them, but also support afterwards as well is like a, a separate service. 
Um, so I charge differently for that. It'll be like one off little tasks. Um, so I get revenue from that side of things. So it's not just big projects. Yes. It's those little things that come in where people are like, can you upload this photo? Can you upload this blog post? Sure, that's no problem. That's X amount of money. And that's like other little bits coming in. And yeah, doing those workshops and talks, I've done like a few yeah. this year, gotten paid to do that. And it's yeah, like, cool. it's finding other ways of, of making money and take opportunities. That's yes. what I'm saying. And oh, what, just to just to add, because it's client retention aspect mm. of it. Like you don't always have to have Again, coming back to Neil Cogley, he's like he's getting all the value now. Like, shout out! Uh, but he said about like reminded me of you know the funnel of the awareness, getting it in, and then converting. Yes. But once someone's converted, you can actually what is your retention and loyalty scheme within that? Yes. So that's what's exactly what you just said about mm. um, the ongoing support, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So definitely, there's 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 loads that you can do um, to up your freelancer game. Okay. Uh, that's a wrap. Emily, thank you so much for uh, coming today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> and guess what? She's going to be back for another episode because she's not only got freelance life, she's also got digital marketing background. And then we're going to dive into also the business background too. Yeah. <laughs> Three-part series. Here we go. <laughs> so if you like today's episode, please give it a thumbs up. Please do follow on Instagram, on YouTube, and check out the show notes as well this is going to be one big podcast to digest <laughs> i'm not using ai everybody i use myself and also remember we are on apple Podcasts as well spotify and youtube please do follow us and write a review i'd love to know about how you're enjoying the lawn experience this has been an amazing time have a great day till the next one Bye-bye. bye bye <laughs>